0: Those that uh, came out and ate fish Friday night, we had our our fish fry. Uh, I could say annual because we've done it two years in a row. That was our annual fish fry. And uh, we had a great turnout. We um, We made enough money. We can send three of our students on the mission trip that we were raising money for. And so I appreciate all of you that had anything to do with it, even if you, even if you were just praying for us, even if you couldn't be here and you were just sending prayers, because you know that that helps a lot when you're serving fish. To you know, uh, I don't know how many people I could, we we didn't count how many, but um, there was a lot of people came through here, and uh, and uh, it was it was really good. The fish was great. Those guys did a great job cooking the fish. People kept bragging on the beans, and I'm like, I just emptied the can in there. I don't know what. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. They were they were fresh beans, but it was really good. Everything worked out really great, so we appreciate all of you at that. We did have some leftover fish um, and, that we had cooked, and so we're going to set after church. We'll have some out there. we got a table. We, we've had it in the refrigerator. Don't worry. We hadn't been, hadn't been sitting on the table all this time, uh, but we've got it bagged up, and we're going to sell the leftover cooked fish. We'll sell it for $5 a bag if you want to pick up a bag of fish, and we've got hush puppies left. We'll sell for $3 a bag, and we've got some desserts on a plate. That will sell for a dollar each. Um, now, here's the thing about the desserts. It's wrapped in aluminum foil. It's a mystery dessert. Now, you can open it up and see what it is if you want to. But it's all good. So, we, uh, And, of course, the money that comes from that, we'll put in with what we also raise for the uh, the fish fry for the mission trip. But that, we can just get rid of you. This is the easy way. You Husbands, you can say, I'll cook lunch today. We'll have fish, hush puppies, and dessert. <laughs> and stop by the store and get some fries on the way home or and and uh but uh but anyway we'll we'll do that so you guys can pick up some of that warm it up somebody said how do you warm it up and keep it crisp i said air fryer yeah. see yeah. this is how i cook yeah. okay yeah. all right um but i do appreciate it I, again i said thank you to everybody that helped with that and uh this this does a lot for our students uh when they you know we we do things as fundraisers the students have to go do a walkathon; they have to walk all over. But when they come here and they see all of you guys helping and, and, and supporting them, it, it really means a lot to them. Um, another announcement um, coming up starting tomorrow is our Kids Crusade. And so uh, it'll begin at 6 o'clock, goes from 6 to 8. And so uh, if you've got some kids or grandkids or neighbor kids or kids that get on your nerves or you get kids to get on your nerves, get them church, get them saved, maybe, they, you know, then they'll be in heaven getting on your nerves. I don't know. Maybe if, if they're getting on our nerves, maybe we need to pray through too. Is that we? But but the Lord, you know, the Lord encourages us. Jesus said, "Suffer the little children to come unto me." So if you've got any kids, you know of kids. I mean, you know, there's kids out there. The parents don't even know where they are. Grab them, bring them to church. You know, you think I'm joking? But I've 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 talked to kids before that hadn't talked to their parents in a week. You know, because their parents are working and doing this and don't really care where they are especially during the summer so bring them um, we'll have some snacks and whatever they, they may not have eaten all day either so we will make sure they get something to, in their tummy and bring them in here um, let me see what ages we put uh, kindergarten through fifth grade so uh, but also I encourage you our teenagers are doing our youth group is doing the kids crusade and not only we're we doing the kids crusade here it'll be Monday night Tuesday night and Wednesday night from 6 to 8 but we are traveling to other churches next Sunday we won't be here because we'll be in Soper, Oklahoma, uh, ministering a kids crusade Sunday morning, Sunday night at Soper, Oklahoma. Our teenagers, our youth from our church, will be doing that, and so and that, that's why this little picture we've got here. This is our this is what we're doing this year. We call it our time machine talk show. Uh, we set up this little box and we bring people, uh, Bible characters, back from the past to talk about Jesus for to the kids. And so it's just kind of a fun way for the kids to, to, in, to get their attention and engage them and teach them about Jesus. And so um, we minister to kids, but also our teenagers are learning how to minister. They're learning how to be missionaries. They're learning how to be preachers. They're learning how to be teachers. They're learning how to be children's evangelists. They're learning how to lead worship. And so uh, this is an excellent opportunity not only to minister and reach the little kids, but also to teach our teenagers so maybe in 10-15 years one of our youth might be out there uh, as a children's pastor or even a youth pastor or a missionary or we saw the video last week in, in Taiwan of her doing kids camp and ministering to kids as part of her mission as a missionary and so this maybe through this one of our students will say you know I'd like to do that and then and then they go out and they reach millions why not so uh, so even if you're not a little kid or don't have a little kid Hey, if you've got opportunity Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night, come out. Come out and encourage our youth. If, uh, we, we'll, the youth will be starting their deal about 7, so uh, at 6 they're going to take the kids back and do some crafts and stuff. So if you want to show up at 7 or so and just encourage our teenagers in what they're doing uh, and supporting them, come on out, watch them do it. And, and and listen, I understand if you don't stay the whole show because it's geared for little kids and and, and you may not you know, want to sit through the entire thing, but hey, come out and pat our youth on the back. and say, Hey, we're proud of you. You guys are doing a great job, all right? Uh, Let's see, making sure I got everything. Uh, The only other thing left is offering. So if our ushers will come this morning, we'll take up our tithes and offering. We want to praise the Lord in our offering and worship Him in our giving. Amen. Uh, Brother Randy, would you bless the offering this morning?
1: So go ahead and get up on your feet. It's easier to give your offering, and it's a whole lot easier to praise when we're standing up. Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to come into your house this morning, God, to worship and to glorify and to magnify your name, God. Leave nothing out this morning that you have planned for us, Father. Just consume this place with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's no place I would rather be. No place I would rather
2: thing that we sing about, this thing that we cry out for. It is not a song or a cry of ritual, rut, and routine. It is not a song nor a cry of going through the motions. It's not a cry or a song of ordinary. For we cry out, we long for the very Shekinah glory of Almighty God. We cry out and we long for fresh wind and fresh fire. We cry out and long for a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. In eight years' times, I probably could not count the number of times I've told you as your pastor, God is a gentleman. God will not force himself upon you. He will fill a willing vessel. He will come into a willing, receptive life. I believe our willingness is seen through an act of surrender. And the lifting of our voices and the lifting of our hands and just the submission unto God. Lord, I yield my will for your will. I yield me for you. We open ourselves up and we say, Lord, here we are. Come pour fresh wind and fresh fire on us. And I believe He will honor that hunger. For as many as who hunger and thirst, they shall be satisfied. That's His promise. Would you make yourself available unto Him today? Come on, can you open yourself up and just begin to glorify, honor, praise, exalt, magnify? Come on, lift your voice around this room. Lift your heart around this room. Father, you're glorious. Father, you're precious. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the glory. Lord, you deserve the honor. Lord, you deserve the thanksgiving. God, we're nothing without you. God, we need you more than we need the very air that we breathe. God, we need you more than the food we eat. We need you, God, more than the, than the next heartbeat that, that pumps inside of our chest. God, we, our declaration is we need you. Show us your glory today, Lord. Pour out your spirit fresh upon us today, O oh God. Father, have your way. God, be glorified. God, be honored. God, be exalted today in this room. Oh, for your praise, for your name's sake, God blessing and praise and honor and thanksgiving worship and glory holy, holy, holy holy, holy, holy you're beautiful, you're precious you're perfect, you're righteous you're mighty, you're glorious God your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than ours how glorious you are how precious and how important you are to us Lord how precious and how important you are to us Lord you're the priority in these last days oh God you're number one we'll seek first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness Lord and all the other things that we run around like a dog chasing his tail over God we believe they'll be at it. thank you Father praise you, Lord. Praise you for your healing virtue. Thank you for the stripes you took upon your body so that we might have healing in our very own. We praise you today, Lord God. The truth of your word and the revelation thereof. Thank you, Lord. Sons and daughters, we give you praise, Lord. As your children, we thank you hallelujah shekinah glory come do we know what even we sing for do we even know understand what we're crying out for we're crying out for the very tangible touchable visible presence of almighty God oh church May he flood this room top to bottom, right to left, front to back, up and down every pew, in and out of every aisle. Come on, may he fill this place by his very person today. If that's your cry, would you give him a hand clap of worship this morning? Amen. Won't you turn and tell somebody you love them today as you're seated? Hallelujah. Good morning. It's good to see you guys today. I asked Brother Chasen to open services this morning because I wanted him to have the opportunity to be able to brag on those who came and participated, the students who came and worked, those who volunteered and brought the potatoes and the beans that tasted so good and uh, all the fixings that went along with it to desserts. I don't know who it was that made the banana pudding. I know uh, Miss Miss Tibbs was out of town, and so there was another banana pucker, the p- pudding cooker uh, that took care of their pastor and so, the other Carrie, Ladybird. Let me tell you something. Wow, Who, whoever hangs out at your house ought to weigh about 300 pounds because that was good stuff. That was that was really good. Uh, but I wanted I wanted Chasey to. I need to, change my name to when was the last time you made banana pudding? Okay. Just just putting it out there. I might brag on you if you made some. Anyway. Glory. Yeah. I wanted Chasen to have the opportunity to brag on the kids, but I want to take the opportunity to brag on Chasen and and Sister Jill uh, today. Man, they pulled it off and they did great. Proud of them, proud of them, proud of them. Guys, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed with the finest. And I I love them both. I'm so proud of them. Uh, I'm excited about the day. Most of you, many of you know, today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, But I think you would have to confess that at Long Grove Assembly of God, every Sunday uh, is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Because we want the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to be in charge of everything we say and everything we do. And so, yes, today is a special day and yes, the focus of uh, of the day is upon Pentecost. But uh, the reality is every uh, day is about Pentecost as far as I'm concerned. And so, I want to dig into the Word. I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And uh, so we're going to praise the Lord together. Would you join me one more time where you're seated today? And let's just begin to give God praise. Father, once again, we come before you with thanksgiving. Lord, again, we give you a celebration. We we thank you for the good gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you that you didn't leave us as orphans, but you come to us in the power of your Son and of your Spirit. Lord, we thank you today that you're with us every step of the way. You lead us, guide us, and direct us by the power of your very person. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you. We exalt you. Your good and your mercy endures forever and all of god's people agreed and said amen Amen. come on and give him my hand clap of praise this day i'm thankful today for the power of pentecost how many would agree with me so far i'm glad today to be a pentecostal pastor of a pentecostal church I'm thankful today he didn't call me to be a Baptist pastor. I'm thankful he didn't call me to be a, a Methodist pastor. I'm thankful he didn't call me to be a Catholic priest. I, I'm thankful today that, that he didn't call me to be anything other than what I am and who I am. Hello, my name is Gary, and I identify as a Pentecostal. It's dangerous in the world we live in today, right? You wanted to know my preferred pronouns, it's Pentecostal, okay? Okay. I believe the Pentecostal church is the standard that God set. I believe the Pentecostal church was the the very first church, the early church. It was birthed in fire, and it was birthed in the Holy Spirit. Uh, It was a Pentecostal church. That was God's plan. That was God's desire. And I submit it never stopped. It never ended. But the Pentecostal church is still the plan for, for God's people today in the world we live in. Uh, in the last days church, I believe it's supposed to be the same as the, the early days church. I believe a Pentecostal church is supposed to be the standard filled up to overflowing with Pentecostal people. Listen, I don't want to go through the, the, my Christian walk. I don't want to get to heaven and the Lord say, listen, I had so much for you, so much more than what you were living on or dealing with, uh, but, but you never stepped over into that place of, uh, of having the indwelling power and the baptism of my spirit in your life. How many would agree, though, today that if we're going to say that we are Pentecostal, if we're going to say we are a Pentecostal people, then we probably ought to know what we're saying we are. I've known a lot of people who have have significantly uh, had the idea or the thought in their mind that, that Pentecost was something that it had nothing to do with. Pentecost, friend, is so much more than a sign in front of the church. Pentecost is about more than a style of preaching or a style of music. Pentecost is about more than the clothes you wear or the style of hair that you might walk around with. Listen, being Pentecostal is about so much more than what man has labeled it to be. The sad truth is is that many times in the world we live in is that uh, many people will associate themselves or identify themselves with something when in reality they really have no idea what it is they're identifying themselves as, right? I've known a lot of people who identified themselves as a cowboy. Right. They, they had the hat. They may have had a big old belt buckle. They may have wore boots. They may have driven a pickup truck. But they didn't know which cow to ride and which cow to ma- milk. And, and so uh, in reality, they were what you would refer to as a drugstore cowboy, right? Yeah. We got a lot of real cowboys in this place. I'm thankful for them. I've known a lot of people who identified themselves as a hunter or as a fisherman. They may have had the camo clothing. Uh, they may have had a camo hat. Uh, they may have even had a fishing pole. Uh, but the reality is the only time they ever went hunting or fishing was when the sun was shining outside and, and the birds were singing outside. Uh, it takes a real fisherman, it takes a real hunter to go out there when it's cold outside. Come on, can I get a witness? It takes a real fisherman to go when it's rainy outside. Just because we say we're something doesn't necessarily mean we are something. I've seen a lot of people in the same regard who identify themselves as being Pentecostal uh, when in reality uh, it doesn't back up with what they actually are in their lifestyle. Many churches and many people today identify themselves as being Pentecostal when in reality they have no idea what it is that they're actually saying. Listen, it's about more than giving a message in tongues. It's about more than jumping up and down. It's about more than shouting. It's about a lifestyle. It's about who we are as a people. It's about actually walking out the lifestyle of Pentecost every day. How many believe if we're going to identify ourselves as something, we probably ought to know what it is we say that we're going to be? And so today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to try to, to answer that very important question. I'm going to try to get to the, to the root of the matter. I'm going to try to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us this morning into an understanding of what it means to be Pentecostal. Find your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Imagine that. Acts, chapter 2. We'll start out in verses 1 through 4, but keep your Bibles handy. We've got lots of reading to do today. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, And one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. How? As the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you today uh, for the time we have to share together. Thank you today, Lord, each and every service that, that we gather in your presence. God, is important. And God, I pray today that that the revelation of your word comes alive inside this room. Lord, make the preaching easy. May it flow like water from your messenger. And and Father, may it land upon fertile soil. Ears that are open, hearts that are receptive to receive the fullness. And and God, to to walk in the thing that you've called us to be. We love you today, God. We praise you and we exalt your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people would agree and say, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord another hand clap today, please? I'm glad today for Pentecost. How many would agree with your pastor this morning? I'm thankful today for the Pentecostal difference. I'm thankful today for the Pentecostal distinctive. Uh, Originally, Pentecost was a Jewish holiday uh, that was observed 50 days following Passover. It was one of the three major festivals that was held during the Jewish calendar. Uh, It was a celebration of Thanksgiving for crops that had been harvested. Uh, we also know it as being called the Feast of Weeks as well. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come. That's exactly the celebration that they were talking about. They were talking about an event that happened 50 days after the observance of Passover. It was on that day, that celebration of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit was poured out just as the Lord had promised it would be. And it was upon that day the word Pentecost took on a whole brand new different meaning than it had ever meant before. I'm thankful today to be Pentecostal. How about you? In the early 20th century, an independent holiness evangelist by the name of Charles Purham started and began Bethel Bible School near Topeka, Kansas. There he taught that speaking in tongues was the scriptural evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And on January the 1st, 1901, after a prayer service, the the students gathered for and received the the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That began a revival that swept through Kansas and Oklahoma uh, from which we receive the book today like a prairie fire. Uh, it swept across the region and many people through, through camp meetings and many people through tent revivals. Uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit became real and it became observed. It became something tangible and it happened all the way from Topeka, Kansas and it spread throughout the entire world. In 1905, Parham moved to Houston, Texas and began another Bible training school. And one of his students there was a man by the name of William Seymour. William Seymour was a one-eyed black preacher man. And after receiving his training, went back to a, a place called Azusa Street. That's the church the Azusa Street revival began in. He preached the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And a revival took place there for three years. Countless souls were saved. Countless people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The power of God began to pour out because of the receptiveness of a one-eyed black preacher man a long, long time ago. In fact, many churches today trace their birthplace. The the birthplace of the widespread Pentecostal movement across America is generally considered to be traced back to to Seymour's Azusa Street Revival. And most denominations and even non-denominations trace their roots back to the Azusa Street Revival. In fact, the General Council of the Assemblies of God in 1914, this was the very first meeting of the General Council of the Assemblies of God. It was held in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Boy, they were dressed to the nines, weren't they? 1914, they took this picture and the Assemblies of God was formed and said, we're going to stand upon the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the impartation of the power that comes from Almighty God to accomplish the things that God has called us to do as a denomination. Church, I tell you today as your pastor, nothing has changed in the plan of God we still need the power of the Holy Spirit in operation to accomplish the things that God is accomplishing today in in our world. There are over 700 Pentecostal denominations and many many independent churches that identify as Pentecostal as well. Uh, Reports tell us today that there are over 600 million people who identify themselves as Pentecostal. 600 million people who identify as Pentecostal. Friend, this world ought to be set on its ear if there's that many Pentecostal people out walking around and doing what God's called them to do. But the question remains for me today. What does it mean to be Pentecostal? There might be some of you in the room right now thinking, man, pastor, all this stuff sure kind of sounds familiar. All this stuff sure sounds like something I might have heard before. Well, friend, you get the gold star today. Because the fact of the matter is, this is very similar to the message that I preached one year ago today on Pentecost Sunday. If you'll remember, the Holy Spirit brought us a message on Pentecost Sunday where we talked about what is Pentecost. We we talked about through that message, we we discovered what uh, it was a decision that we make ourselves. It's not something God forces upon us, but it's something of free will we enter enter into and say, Yes, Lord, I I desire the the experience of Pentecost in my life. We discovered that it is an experience, it's something that we actually do and walk through. We discovered that it's a lifestyle that we live out every day. It's not something that just happens in the church or on Sundays, but, but it's something we do continually. But can I tell you today, as I begin to pray about what the Holy Spirit would have me to say on this Pentecost Sunday, He kept taking me back to that thought. And I submit to you this morning that what I believe the Holy Spirit would have for us is to have more than just a head knowledge. He'd have us to have more than just a working definition of the word Pentecost. But I believe He wants us to understand what it actually means to be Pentecostal. I can have an understanding of what Pentecost is without having an understanding of what it means to be Pentecostal. And today I believe that through the power of the Holy Ghost, He's going to rattle our guzzle bone and He's going to bring us all to the place of a deeper understanding of what it means to be Pentecostal. And so what is that? What does it mean to be Pentecostal? Well, the first thing I believe is this. I believe it means we're open to the Holy Spirit. We're open. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues, other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Come on. They were all filled because they were all open. Come on. You can't be filled up if you're not opened up. To be open to something means that you're receptive to it. It means that you embrace it. And that it's what we we find people there on the day of Pentecost did. They were open. They were receptive. They embraced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they were all filled and they were all moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they were all open and embracing the Holy Spirit in operation in their life, The Word tells us that they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why? Again, because they were open. Again, because they were receptive. And they spoke with those heavenly language because the Spirit gave them utterance. Can I tell you, in the society that we're living in today, we don't need any more classes that teach us how to talk in tongues. We don't need classes to tell us how to move and function in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit of Almighty God to pour them out in our life and He to be the teacher, not some man to be the teacher. The Bible says that we receive the gifts of the Spirit as, as He imparts them to us, not as some man imparts them to us. What does it mean to be Pentecost today? It still means that we're open. It still means that we're receptive. It still means that we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and through our lives and in our church and through our church. So what's that look like today, Pastor? Well, that means that if the Holy Spirit says, Talk in tongues, you talk in tongues. Listen, we need more baptism of the Holy Spirit and not less. We need the impartation of the power of the Holy Ghost in operation in our lives. And we need to be open and we need to be receptive to it. Don't shut it down. Don't quench it. Don't pour up fire, water on the fire when it begins to burn. But allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you if the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. What does it mean? What does it look like? It means if the Holy Spirit says run, we run. If the Holy Spirit says cry, we cry. If the Holy Spirit says, shout amen, then we shout amen. If the Holy Spirit says, jump, then we say, Lord, how high? Boy, I caught some air right there. No, I don't want us to be out of order. No, I don't want to have anything crazy going on. And I promise you, I've made this promise to you as your pastor years ago, if something gets out of hand, if something gets out of order, I'm pastor enough to bring it under control. But hear me, friend, it's a whole lot better to have a wildfire than to not have any fire at all. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit in operation, and it's going to take us being open to it to see it come to pass. I believe tonight today that that we need to be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. But it's not only the evidence of the, the Holy Spirit seen through our lives and the, the physical evidence of speaking in other languages or, or heavenly tongues, but I believe it's also the evidence of the gifts and the excuse me, the fruit of the Spirit in operation in our lives as well. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, the Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and longsuffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And against that kind of stuff, there is no law. Come on. I I believe we need to be open not only to the gifts of the Spirit, but we need to be open to the fruit of the Spirit as well. (laughs) We want to be labeled as Pentecostal many times because we talk in tongues. But we resist the fruit of the Spirit in operation in our lives. How many times have I preached this, Lord? It's hard to say I love somebody when I talk about them. It's hard to say I love somebody when I cut them to the core. It's hard to say I love somebody when I don't respect them the way that they deserve. It's hard to say I love somebody when I'm going behind their back trying to manipulate other people to turn against them. It's hard to say, but I still want to be considered as super spiritual. I still want to be considered as somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost. I still want to be somebody that's considered uh, gifted in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I give messages in tongues. I give interpretation of tongues. I lay hands on the sick and they're healed. I, I do all this stuff, and so that makes me spiritual. Well, friend, let me tell you something today. You do not have the Holy Spirit of Almighty God in operation in your life, even if you talk in tongues, but you hate people by the way that you treat them. Bitter water and sweet water don't come out of the same rock. In fact, Brother Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I become as a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand the mysteries and all the knowledge, and though I have all the faith that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, man, I ain't nothing. If we're open to the Holy Spirit in our lives, that means we're open not only to the gifts of the Spirit, but we're open to the fruit of the Spirit in operation as well. First Thessalonians five and nineteen. Just don't quench the spirit. We like that scripture. I referenced it a minute ago. Don't pour water on the Spirit's fire. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Ghost. Don't put a blanket on it and smother it out. Don't remove the oxygen from the Holy Spirit when He begins to try to move through you. But friend, let me tell you something. We many times ourselves quench the Holy Spirit by the words that come out of our mouth. Pastor, this is supposed to be Pentecost Sunday. Preach me happy, dude. We want to shout and run the aisles. Friend, we can't shout and run the aisles until we love each other with the love of Christ. If we're open and receptive to the move of the Holy Spirit, we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit and we're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They cannot be independent one from another. What does it mean to be Pentecostal? It means we're open to the Holy Spirit in whatever form He comes in. Another thing I believe it means to be Pentecostal is this. I believe it means that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Look at Acts chapter 6 verse 8. The Bible says in Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. How many of you are glad to be filled with the Holy Ghost and power today? Three of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, we're going to have an incredible altar time today. I'm thankful today that I don't have to walk around like some whip pup cowering in the corner. I'm thankful today that greater is the one who's alive inside of me than he who's in the world. I'm thankful today that because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can confront demonic spirits head on and not have to run away from them no matter what the attack may be coming from them. The early church, the very first Pentecostals, the power of God was active in their lives. They embraced it. They opened. They believed in the power of the Holy Spirit, and therefore the power of the Holy Spirit worked in them and through them. In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, the the Bible describes Stephen as a man full of faith and of power. But where did that power originate from? Where did he get his power Go back to the beginning of Acts chapter 6 and what you'll see is that they had their very first business meeting in the early days church. The Bible says that they began to choose deacons. They began to pick people from among them to do the work that needed to be done so that the ministers could focus on the study of the Word of God and not have to be serving tables. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3 through 5, the Bible says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men full of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom that we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And this saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter Verse 5 says that Stephen was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then you read on to verse 8. It says that he was full of faith and of power. Church, I submit to you that they're one and the same. The Holy Spirit was his source of power in operation in his life. How did Stephen accomplish the miracles and signs and wonders he did? It was because of the Holy Spirit working through him. It had nothing to do with Stephen but it was the Holy Spirit in operation in his life. I believe Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says we'll receive power that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes, we receive this power to be a witness, but friend, understand it's not just the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit for life and for living every day. It's the power of life to endure. It's the power for life to to make it. It's the power for life to speak the word seasoned with love in the right hour. It's the power from God for preaching and teaching and healing. Come on, it's the power from God to make a difference in the lives of the people you come into contact with every day. It's the power from God to smile every once in a while. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 verse 12, He said that whoever believes in Him, the works that He did we would do also and greater works than these we would do because He goes to His Father. Jesus said, you're going to do the same thing that I do and greater works because I'm going to go to be with my Father. Yes, Jesus went to be with the Father. Yes, Jesus was crucified and raised on the third day. Yes, there's an empty tomb today. Yes, He's seated at the right hand of glory. But let me tell you, He was the one who poured out the good gift of the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, Behold, I I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus said, you're going to do what I do and greater things. And Jesus said, oh, by the way, uh, you're not going to have to try to do it in your own power. I'm going we'll send you a little oomph. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all like it better when I get down here and tell my stories. I don't know how long we've been on a product called AdvoCare, but it's been about a thousand and one years. It's where Josie came from. We got her at the AdvoCare plant. Those of you who don't know what AdvoCare is, anybody in the room ever heard of AdvoCare? Not a soul. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Preaching in the right place today, Pastor. Advocare is a, a, a vitamin product. It's a dietary product. It helps you get skinny. Uh, it, they've got an energy drink. They've got all sorts of different products that they, that they sell to help you get healthy. And the reason why we say we got Josie from Advocare was after Jamie came along, uh, not only did, did Vonda have a little baby weight, but guess who else did? <laughs> and so we started Advocare, and we both got skinny, and we both got real healthy, and guess what happened? Oh, by the way, you're going to have another baby. <laughs> Uh, and we never got skinny again, and we never got healthy. (laughs) But we continued, one of their products is called Spark. Spark is the energy drink that I was talking about. It's got about 4,000 grams of caffeine in it. That's why I preach as fast and as hard as I do some days. (laughs) Spark is an energy drink. I have one every morning for breakfast before I ever do anything else. That's the first thing I do. I'll go take my water glass from all night long. I'll pour it in my little sippy cup. Yes, we still have sippy cups at my house. I'll pour it in my sippy cup. I'll put me a scoop of spark in there, shake that baby up and drink it. And then I'm ready to shazam go. It's the uh uh-uh behind me that gets me up and going every morning. Yes, I've got the power of the Holy Spirit alive inside of me, but sometimes I need to kickstart that dude. (laughs) My spark gives me energy, and my spark helps me open my eyes. My spark gets me going in the morning. I don't drink coffee, folks. I'm not a caffeine freak. Like, anyway, I'm not drinking coffee. I'll get my caffeine in another source. (laughs) Coffee makes your whiskers turn black. I ain't drinking nothing. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, guys. You understand what I'm saying? It's the work of the Holy Spirit to be the power behind us. How can I do good works, lest the Holy Spirit take me there? How can I speak a word, lest the Holy Spirit take me there? How can I do the things that Jesus did, unless the Holy Spirit empower me to do that? Jesus was a preacher, He was a teacher, and He was a healer. And the Bible says He went around doing good, healing the sick, casting out the demonic spirits, and raising up the dead. And the absolute truth you need to hear is you'll never do none of that stuff in your own power. When we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we allow the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives, the gospel is preached with boldness. Demonic spirits must flee. Dead bodies are raised up. I wished I'd have put the picture up there. I thought about that when I was writing this word today. I've shared with you guys countless times the story of Sister Betty Grigsby. Sister Betty was the one. We were having the two services during that time in the Muskogee church, and it was early morning service, and I was just starting to preach. I was just getting wound up, and she raised her hand from the back row, and she said, Pastor, I don't feel well. Could some people come pray for me? This lady wouldn't have interrupted service for love nor money. I mean, there's absolutely no way. She loved God, and she wouldn't have interrupted what the Lord was doing for nothing. And so I knew it was a serious time, and so I called for people to go gather around her and and to pray over her. And guys, as I stand before you today, that lady died right on that back pew in that church on that Sunday morning. She was dead. Uh, One of the ladies, Sister Karen Russell, was with us. She's a a home health care nurse. She goes from place to place to take care of people. And she was taking her pulse, and she said, Pastor, she's gone. We didn't do chest compressions on her. We didn't give her CPR. She was setting up in a pew, and she was gone. We'd already called the ambulance, and I said, maybe, you know, let them come. They can, but keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Come on, people, keep praying. And we gathered around that lady, and we kept praying, and we kept praying, and we kept praying. And what seemed like two hours later, it was just a few minutes, she went, oh. I think I'm okay now. And I said, well, Sister Betty, we've called the ambulance. I don't need to go, Pastor. <laughs> You're going. You're going. I received a call or a text message from my worship pastor when I was on the pastor there. He was my, my right hand. Brother Terry texted me this week and said Sister Grigsby had met her eternal reward. She was 89 years old, and she'd finally gone home to be with Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives. That if one of us should die, I know there's a lot of people that say, Pastor, don't pray for me if I die. I don't want to come back. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people of you that I won't pray for when you die. I'm just... That thorn out of my flesh. Yes, I said that from the pulpit, didn't I? Okay. (laughs) We have the power of the Holy Spirit to raise the dead. Do you hear me? But we got to believe in that power that's available to us. It's not the power of the Assemblies of God. It's not the power of Pastor Gary. It's not the power of Long Grove. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God in operation in your life. So what does it mean to be Pentecostal? It means we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And one more thing I believe without question that it means to be Pentecostal. I believe that is that we take the Great Commission seriously. Seriously. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 41 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. For the promise is to you and to your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received the word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's what it's all about. If I never... Function or flow in the gifts of the Spirit ever again, but souls could be saved every service. What do we gather for? I don't want to be a bless me club. I don't want to be a, a, a glad handed pat you on the back good old boy club. I don't want to be a social group to to come and meet girlfriends or boyfriends. I don't want to be a a clique. I want to be a place where people get saved. There's been one goal of my ministry in the 20 plus years that God called me to be a pastor. He he allowed me to stand behind a pulpit and preach the Word of God. And it's that souls. Yes, we need the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, we need the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, we need to see bodies healed. Yes, we need to see God moving and working. Yes, we need worship. But friend, if souls aren't being saved what have we done? We came in, we went out. We came in and we went out. And we came in and we went out. And you think, well, well, preacher, that's your responsibility. That's your job. That's all up to you. If you'd be like old brother Peter and stand up and preach this great day of Pentecost sermon, then folks would get saved. Well, you need to read that scripture a little tighter next time, my friend, because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit couldn't be contained in that upper room, but it spilled out into the street. And all the people that were gathered on that day heard them speaking in their own native languages. Let's get a hold of some native language stuff. I'm not talking about Creek or Cherokee or Choctaw. I'm not talking about Japanese or Chinese or Taiwanese. Or I'm not talking about a native language to a native culture. I'm talking about speaking the native language to a person in a level and a comprehension that only they can understand. You're involved with stuff that I'm not involved with. Brother Dan works out in that oil field almost every day of the week. He works in that gas patch. He rubs shoulders with them old boys. He pulls on them pipe wrenches. He gets that compressor unit running so them oil companies and them gas companies can make mega bucks and Dan can make little ones. Amen. Amen? I've been there. Dan speaks the native language of the gas patch. Dan has a native language that only Dan can speak and comprehend in a level that those old boys that he rubs shoulders with every day can comprehend and understand. Sister Faith supplies medical supplies to different places throughout the state of Oklahoma. She has a native language and a, a, a common ground with those people that she can walk in the door and begin to talk with them and begin to minister to them. I'm sure Faith could stand and testify of the times that she's walked into medical places or doctor's offices and people were in a, a curmudgeon, down-spirited mood. And just by her presence and just by the ministry of love that she would share with them, see them lifted up and filled up. We've been scratching our head around this place for some time now. Pastor, how are we going to see this place filled up? Pastor, how are we going to see the pews filled up? Pastor, how are we going to get to the place where we go to two services? Pastor, how are we going to to see more people come into the church, friend? It's got to come through souls being saved. But it's not just an individual. It takes us collectively fulfilling the great commission that God has called us to. Oh, that Great Commission, it's just for the preachers. It's just for the worship pastors. It's just, for the, you know, it's just for the children's ministry. It's just for the youth ministry. It's just for a select few. It's just for some folks. It's not for everybody. Friend, if you call yourself a child of the Most High God, the Great Commission is for you. Especially if you call yourself Pentecostal, the Great Commission is for you. See, Jesus had already told His disciples in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen and amen. And then there in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what we see them doing. Hey, you remember? We were with him and he said, we're supposed to go and make disciples. And now He's given us this power inside of us to speak a language that only they can understand. Oh, here we go. Let's put it to work. Let's fulfill the commission that He laid out before us. And let's see the kingdom of heaven built up. Wow. I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody book of Revelation 7 and 9 says that in heaven there's a great multitude that no one could number of all the tribes and the nations and the peoples and tongues standing before the throne, before the Lamb and clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people, that means black and white and yellow and green and blue with red polka dots. Cowboys and Native Americans, Italians and Hispanic, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. The church today, and I don't mean just our church, but the church, the big umbrella church, the church of today has this mentality, this ideology. It's the Field of Dreams ideology. Anybody ever seen the movie Field of Dreams? Boy, I'm batting a thousand. At least you knew the movie, okay? Spend less time watching TV, get more vitamins in you. I'm just saying. Anyway. Field of Dreams mentality. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. If you have the, the latest technology in your church, they will come. If you turn all the lights out and make people feel comfortable in their place and in their pew, they will come. If you'll you'll tone down the preaching and and make it something that's pleasing to their soul, preach with a smile and a and a feel-good attitude. They will come. Well, if you know, if if we had somebody that could play piano better than Dennis they'd come. If we had somebody could sing better than Julie, surely they'd come. If we had somebody preach better than a pastor, if we had a better youth pastor, we could fill this place up and rock the roll and, and just see this place filled up to overflowing. What we need is a change, man. No, what we need is not a change. What we need is the impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit and to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon us as individuals this is the question I ask every time I talk about evangelism and fulfilling the Great Commission. When was the last time you invited somebody to go to church? Let's yeah. yeah. That's right. That's run the aisles. You know I like to go hunting. I like to go hunting. There's there's nothing quite like a crisp October morning. It's chilly outside, and there's a steam rising up off the the ground and the the leaves are starting to change their color and you can just feel it in the air. I, I love that that quiet time first thing in the morning when the sun's just coming up and The sky just sparkles with all these brilliant, beautiful colors. I love love to spend time in nature. I love to spend time in the woods, and I love to go hunting. When I go there, I'm not there just to to enjoy the atmosphere. I know this may may upset some tree-hugging bunny lovers, but I'm there to kill something. I didn't go to the woods just to set in a tree. I went to the woods to put meat in the freezer. And a lot of times I've missed out on some really good opportunities to have some really good hunting places. You know why? Because I wouldn't do this. Hi, my name's Gary. And I I know you don't know me, uh, but I was just wondering if you allowed anybody to hunt on your piece of property. Um, Would it be okay for me to hunt? I'm, I'm very careful. I'll take care of all your gates. I'll take care of all your livestock. I'll make sure that nothing bad happens while I'm on your, on your property. I won't shoot towards your house. I, I'll, I'll make sure things are taken care of while I'm on your property. And they've only got one of two options. They either say, get out of here. <laughs> and crack their shotgun and send you trucking on down the road. Or they say, well, yeah. If, if you'll take care of stuff, if you promise to be careful while you're here, I don't mind you hunting on my piece property. They've only got one of two options. They either say, go away, or yeah, you can hunt. Yeah. But I've missed out on a lot of good hunting places because I was too scared to ask somebody to hunt on their place. Good work, good Y'all hear me today. Oh, yeah. When you ask somebody to go church with you, they've only got one of two answers. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'll go with you. Listen, if, if you'll go to church with me, I promise while you're there, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure all your gates are taken care of. We won't shoot directly at you. <laughs> if you'll go to church with me, I promise I'll take you lunch after church. You don't have to buy. You don't have to, you don't have to pay. We're not going Dutch. You, I, you go with me to church and I'll buy your lunch. Well, that's a pretty good trade-off for somebody's name written in a Lamb's Book of Life. Right. Yeah, that's right. And they either can say, yes, I'll go to church with you, or no. Mm-mm. no I, you know, I've been to church. And when I went in the door, there was people who didn't even talk to me. They said they was a Christian. They said they was Pentecostal, but they bore no fruit of the Spirit. Julie, would you come on today? I really just need you and Dennis today. I don't want any distractions. I don't want any interruptions. I don't want... Y'all come back tonight, I'll preach you happy, I promise. But if I don't do what the Holy Spirit of God tells me to do, then I stand accountable to Him. Paul and Silas were pretty bold about saying... Is it better that we listen to the traditions of man or that we listen to God? Who am I going to obey? God or you? That's my stance today. Pastor, you've walked all over our toes. It's because I love you. Simply because I love you. The power of Pentecost is so real. So true. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, we had the advertisement for the Memorial Day cookout rolling. Before service, Brother Don Heilman caught me as I was walking by. He said, hey, pastor, are we having steaks at this cookout? because the advertisement on the big screen was of them grilling steaks. Are we having steaks at this thing? No, Brother Don. We're a blessed people, but we're not blessed enough to feed everybody steaks right now. So We're having hamburgers. Brother Len's hooked us up. We got some good hamburgers. We got some good hot dogs. It was good food. Brother Don said That's false advertisement. (laughs) You know, if we say we're Pentecostal, we ought to be Pentecostal. We ought to be who we say we are. If we say we're cowboy, we ought to be cowboy. If we say we're a hunter-fisherman, we ought to be a hunter-fisherman. If we say we're Pentecostal, I don't want to be ever accused of false advertisement. I don't want to be able to stand before somebody and say, you may not like me much, and I may just be a hamburger, but I am what I am, and I'm the same guy all the time. I want to pray with you today. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, God, I love you so much. Thank you for the day. Every set of ears, every heart, God, every life. Lord, you have called us to be a Pentecostal people. You gave us the opportunity to to be filled with your power from upon high. Lord, you, you're the one who poured out this gift. Lord, we take your great commission seriously. Let us all, each individual, be a part of the building up of the kingdom of heaven. Let us not depend upon somebody else to do it for us. But may we fulfill that calling, Lord. God, may we be open. May we be open to the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. The fruit, the gifts, the convicting power. May the Holy Spirit be the one who leads us, guides us, and directs us in everything we do. Lord, I believe that if Your Spirit's the one leading, we'll not be drawn to our flesh. But Lord, we'll be drawn to holiness. Lord, remind us, holiness is not a bad word. God, we can be holy because You're holy. That's Your cry, that's Your call. Man has turned holiness into some act that we do with with what we wear or how we cut our hair. Lord, we can be holy because your spirit lives within us Lord, I pray today around this room that if there be any lost, Holy Spirit right now begin to knock at their heart's door. Woo them and draw them. Call them closer, Lord. God if <laughs> Holy Spirit walk up and down every aisle. Examine our hearts. And may we be who we say we are. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for bearing with me, putting up with me, whatever it is you want to label it as. Thank you for for letting me preach the Word of God to you. I'll be quite honest with you. I approach every service like it's the last one we're going to have because we don't know when Jesus is returning. He could return in the next two minutes and not have to apologize to anybody. He told us it was going to happen. He told us the things to look for before it happened. That could happen in two minutes or that could happen in 2,000 years. I don't know. I just know He told us that it was going to happen. He gave us the opportunity to be filled with His power from upon high. To live in the day and the hour that we're living in. That early church, they needed the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They faced persecution. They faced hardships like like we don't even understand or comprehend what they went through. But you know what? We face stuff today they don't understand either. They don't know what it is to be labeled as a a hater because you make a stand on the word of God they didn't understand what it meant for a nuclear threat to be real in their life they didn't know what the the threat of armed warfare looked like or the drug violence that goes on they had no comprehension of things like that I submit we need the Holy Spirit today as much as any time in history We need to be who we are all the time. If you're here today and you need Jesus to become your Savior, you'd simply say, Pastor, I am lost, I am undone, and I need Jesus Christ to forgive me of sin and make me brand new again. Come on, if that's you anywhere in this room today, would you lift your hand right now? I want to pray with you. Anyone at all? Pastor, that's me. Church family, would you stand with me today, please? What does it mean to be Pentecostal? We could go around the room and for however many people are here right now, we'd probably get that many answers. If I'm going to find out what it means to be Pentecostal, I want to go to those first people who were considered to be Pentecostal. I want to go to somebody who (laughs) who's really real. Church, I pray I've opened this word to you today in a way that it helps you to understand. And it helps us to be who God called us to be and do what God's called us to do. I invite you this morning to a place of prayer a time in the altar all around this room front and back right and left I encourage you to spend some time with the Lord God bless
1: you as you pray and Holy Spirit
3: For men, that they would see Your good works and glorify Your Father in Heaven. He is your strength. He is your teacher. He is your guide. He is everything that I send Him to be because He is me. My Spirit and I and my Son all work together. We never work apart. We never contradict each other. But it is your help. It is your daily help. He is the one that I have sent. He is me. He is my power. He is my presence. But He is the one that I have given you so that you might have a life and it more abundantly so that you might walk in victory. Yes, there will be battles. Yes, there will be difficult times. But my word declares Do not let your heart be troubled. Your ho- the Holy Spirit whom I have given is your strength and your help every day of your life. Walk in it. Walk in it boldly. For I am your God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord.
2: Thank you, Lord. Come on, just lift up praise unto Him. Thank you, Father thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you you, sweet Spirit of God thank you Lord how we praise you Father how we praise you how we love you Lord. how we love you Lord thank you Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me pray with you guys one more time today. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for your word, the truth therein. We ask you, God, to walk with us this day, to bring us back together tonight, that we might glean from your word once more. Father, to grow closer to you and stronger uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives. Lord, may you be the one who receives all the praise and glory. We ask in Jesus' amazing name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you.